I do not yet. Uh, okay, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Okay, that should be it. That should be it. Okay, yes, we are. Thank I you for doing say, your job for once. It had better be right this time. <laughs> it better be. Welcome to Over 50 Starting Over, everyone. I'm Barry Edwards. <laughs> I'm Merle Garrison. Did you know that we started yet? You just, I, I actually didn't until no, you just said that. You just called. I it. like when you do that. That's good. Yeah. Well, I yeah. like to have you go in on something, but you know now. You see it now. If you're stare, if you're looking at the screen, you see when I hit record. Yeah. Wait. Did you hit record while I was saying you better have it side yes. by side this time? Okay. Uh, good. Pretty much. I wanted, I wanted that on the record. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> what a week! Uh, I got to go to the gym this morning for the first time. That's crazy. Yeah. You went to that. What was it like? Yeah. I couldn't wait to find out because I had no idea. Yeah. The first thing is, is I knew I wasn't going to go if I had to wear a mask. I mean, I'm right, not, right. I how can you do that? You'll right. pass out. Right. So uh, that was fine. They actually a answered that as you are, masks are certainly welcome. That's how they answered it. Okay. So, All right. you know, it appeases the people that are freaking. Um, but for me, I was, I've been more, um, man, I'm getting so on the other side of this and getting tired of it. Oh, and everyone is. Yeah, I think you're right. And, uh, anyway, so back to my actual opinion on working out, it was, you know, I go to planet fitness. So these are the kind of people like, okay, it's not a muscle head gym. Okay. Muscle right, head gyms right. probably had a mad rush or cross fitness training one they probably had a mad rush planet fitness you need to give these people half an excuse not to work out and they're not going in you know what i mean <laughs> so it was dead like i thought it would be which was uh, very nice and uh what they did was perfect pretty much all they had to do was put a sign on every other machine and said this is not available for for now Oh, okay. So your social yeah. distancing, even a cardio. I said in the last episode, I'm not going to do the cardio because I can't do it with a mask. And I don't want to be around people that aren't wearing a mask, breathing hard. Right. But they had it spaced out enough. And there were so few people that I would have had no problem doing the cardio. Here's the other end of that, though. I have over the last two months or whatever it's been, I've had the, been doing the best cardio on a regular basis I've done since I was in high school and wrestling because of that hit exercise yeah, yeah. Uh, so YouTube already, video. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I do that thing, man. And on a yoga mat, by the time that 25 minutes is up, I am breathing so heavy and drenched in sweat. And that's the way to go. And then typically every other day when I do that, I'll do push-ups and sit-ups and uh, elastic band stuff. So right. I've been having really good workouts. And in fact, I've been dying to get in there and hit those machines and see how I'm doing because I'm always battling this arthritis in my shoulder. Right, right. Well, because I haven't been doing the machines and doing all of this uh, cardio stuff, I incorporate these kind of lazy shoulder uh, what do you call it? physical therapy exercises in right. all of my workouts. So I'm doing okay. it constantly. My shoulder is in way better shape than it's been in a very ah, long time. There's a positive coming there's out of this whole positive. thing. Yeah. There's a lot of big positives. So, very nice. You know, I tried out doing like the flies and some benching and things right. like that. I'm going to take it easy. I'm taking it easy. That's but, important. 
I was very surprised at how it wasn't hurting the way it used to hurt. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. You know, yeah. uh, I was really concerned that you were going to say that the cardio machines had like a glass window all the way around it. I've seen that before, oh. and I thought this would be terrible. Like, just get inside of a little glass sweat box and well. start, start, you know, going. And so it wasn't like that. Not at all. No, none of that. No, no signs of that. They simply, like I said, blocked off every other machine, spaced some things out where they could. That's all. Uh, right. But to your point, yeah, that's what people are telling me. Yeah, you could go out to eat. They got shower curtains up on either side. I'm like, I'm not spending Shower money. curtains. <laughs> Cheap plastic, man. Yeah. <laughs> this is barbecue the old- sauce on my shower curtain. <laughs> <laughs> the granny rings, the shower. Yeah, John, yeah. John Candy and Planes, Trains. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sell <laughs> <laughs> Like the most pathetic job you could possibly have. <laughs> he had that huge crate of them, too. <laughs> right. lugging around. That was one of my all-time favorite movies. I love that movie. That Absolutely. was a great movie. Loved it. Um, yeah, so, so not to get weird but was the locker i mean what happened in the locker room i didn't go into the locker room today as a matter of fact i intended on as i do in the summer riding my bike to and from there so that's kind of more my cardio i don't consider that hard cardio though but uh so i had to drive because it rained this morning oh i'm a wimp and uh (laughs) So I, I'm just in summer mode where I just, I'm in my shorts, t-shirt, I walk in, I work out and I walk out. I gotcha. Gotcha. So, yeah. That's, no, that's, but I you did know. it. Th- today was the first day then. Mm-hmm. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Wow. That's a big milestone. It is. It is. It's for all of us. But like I said, Merle, getting really tired of this. I did a lot of looking at statistics online. If you just type in coronavirus updates into Google, you get a really customized page. Like they're, they're oh. On it. oh yeah. yeah. I pulled down all of the states to see how yeah. they're they're doing individually. What jumped out? Oh yeah. Well, you know what? Now as you say that I'm gonna pull it up again right now. Coronavirus up. It's because a lot of stuff jumped out. Well, for one, I will say that uh, the, the so-called curve or whatever, the chart over the months has been going down and down and down as we expected right. when the weather. We talked about this, right? Yes, yes. And now all of a sudden I wanted to find the state. Let me do state by state. Yeah, we talked about Georgia, I think, on the last show. Yes, and did they have any spikes? It's like they never talk about it and never hear it. No, anything. they don't, and I think it's uh, everything I've heard is that they've done very well. Uh, I would imagine, and that's kind of my point, is I've not heard anything about any spikes in spite of all the people we see frolicking around here and there. Gets a lot of airplay to scare the bejesus out of us. Right. Um, but we're not seeing any spikes, which is, you know, kind of getting me impatient for getting back to normal for sure. I'm with you. I'm totally yeah. with you. And uh, we got to get this economy on, on track. Uh, we do. And the other thing, too, is that, I mean, there's a mental health issue here. Yes. Huge. People are just pent up. Out here in California, uh, you know, they have this, this whole, they, they've opened up some things, like, for instance, the beach, but they said... You know, you've got to be wearing your mask the whole time at the beach and you can't have a picnic. You can't bring a cooler. You can't have a canopy. Man, I was out there yesterday mm-hmm. and uh, 
People are out there. No one's wearing a mask. Sure. People have canopies out there. They're laying out on their blankets. They've got coolers. Uh, there's police that are patrolling the area and nobody, they're not enforcing anything. I mean, people have had enough of this, even out yeah. here in California. And people are just like, look, I'm going to live my life because if I don't, I'm going to lose it, man. And yeah. <laughs> I gotta say, I'm kind of proud of the people out here for, for taking their lives back. Because as you and I have said so many times that when the government takes away your freedoms, mm-hmm. you're not in business to give them back. They never do. You have to take them back. Correct. All right. So I found the statistics page. You type in coronavirus updates and off on the left, you'll get a pull down menu and you have to go down to statistics. And then you'll see the chart where we peaked in April and towards the end of April. And then we've gone down ever since kind of as to be expected. And so not seeing any spikes. Very interesting is if you go state by state, and uh, you see New York at 360,000 confirmed cases with 23,000 deaths. All right. Now you kind of expect that out of New York. And uh, I don't mean to sound insensitive, but 23,000 out of their entire population uh, with how little uh, protection, pro, how unproactive they were, I don't, isn't surprising at all. But but you want to know what is surprising is Mm. you you get down to, let's say, Kansas. You want to know how many deaths deaths they've had? 205. Okay. 205. 205. Okay. I mean, if you driven through Kansas, I mean, Mm. there's not a lot of people there. Montana is very spread out. 17. 17. Wyoming. 12. Right. Uh, so how about you know, South Dakota? Okay. Uh, well, North Dakota is 52. Where mm. is South Dakota? Uh, there it is. 50. Okay. So, that, mean, that was a state that did not uh, implement any stay at home policies. And at all. you can almost see why they, they don't right. even need to. Oh, but that governor caught so much flack about that whole oh, thing. You know, really? it was, yeah, she really did. And mm. really, I mean, you're in South Dakota. It's different from New York there. Mm. And so this is the problem is that they people have become so up in arms that everybody in the country every state in the country didn't do the same thing but that's the whole point is we have states because every state demographic is different from the other states so you're not going to treat new york the same way as you're going to treat south dakota and i think she made a a great decision by doing that and and really keeping their economy going in that state Man, I totally agree with you. And like I said before, many times, we're not going to be able to truly assess this until we're looking at it in 2020 hindsight. Uh, Because, you know, we could sit here and talk all kinds of uh, crap about how, oh, we should open it wide open right now. And then all of a sudden we get a big spike that we never expected and a whole bunch of people die. Um, You know, we, we don't know that. I tend to think not. But we don't know that, but it is interesting. So New York at 23,000 deaths, New Jersey at 11,000. After that, wow. it drops considerably. Well, you when know? you think about just those two states, and mm-hmm. it's very uh, regional that we're talking about right here, they're, they're, they're making up, what is that, 30, 34 states? Uh, that's a third of the deaths in the country right there in sure. those two states. Here's a shocking one. Massachusetts, as small as it is, uh, but very urban. I shouldn't say, is it really? Yeah. Well, and 
I mean, Boston, and that's the only place. Right, I've Boston, and that's very Boston. congested. 6,000 right. deaths. So they're huh. number three. Uh, and after that, we get in, oh, Pennsylvania's number four at 5,000. Again, very regional here. This is almost half. We were almost to half. That's 44 out of the 100,000 uh, that we've just passed the 100,000 mile mark here. Yeah, and they're all in that same area. Mm -hmm. It's very mm -hmm. interesting. I mean, uh, at, you, you, what, did, what did Ohio look like? Uh, 2000, I think. Let me find it. Uh, 19,050, yeah. 2000. Whoa. Wow. Okay, yeah. 19,050. And then Michigan? Mm, it's going to be right there, I'm sure. Uh, I know Michigan was at about that a couple months ago. Uh, I'm not seeing it. I'm still looking. Hawaii. Hawaii had 17. 17 like, deaths. Like Montana. Yeah. Wow. And well, very isolated out there. Very isolated and very tropical. Perfect. Well, just well, weather yeah, exactly yeah. like yours in California. Yeah. You guys have had 3,700. Oh, here's Michigan, 5,000. It's a okay. lot. Yeah. Uh, but then you compare that to New York, and then mm -hmm. you look at the, the measures that that governor has taken out there in Michigan, and um, it's interesting to take a look at it. What, now, what do you think about the whole thing with the nursing homes and what's happened with the nursing homes? Have you been following that at all? Oh, just a bit. Um, isn't the discussion, isn't the criticism that we haven't taken drastic measures with the nursing homes when it's something like 75% of the deaths have taken place there? Isn't that the argument? Well, yeah, it, it's not, not, seven, not quite 75%, but some places you'll find that it's a third of the deaths, other places as high as half of the deaths are happening in, sure. these, in these nursing homes. And one of the problems is in places like New York, Pennsylvania, and Michigan, where you just named off the, the amount of deaths there. And so there's a huge number that is associated with just nursing homes. And these three states actually were admitting COVID-19 patients to nursing homes. And the whole reason they were doing that was because of this whole scare that our hospitals would be overcrowded and we didn't want to take up a bed for nursing home patients in a hospital. But as you mentioned in a couple of shows that there in Cleveland, the Cleveland Clinic built this whole facility of a of what was it, a thousand beds? Yes. And they would never even use. Well, you had that in New York and you had that in uh, Pennsylvania and you had that in Michigan as well. They didn't have the the overcrowding and yet they admitted these COVID-19 COVID patients to the nursing home. And these were the most vulnerable of our patients or, or of our population in the United States. And the numbers proved that out and they did nothing. In fact, I just read today that um, the uh, New York and Michigan are uh, reluctant to release the numbers actually uh, of the patients that actually, they're trying to hide the number of patients that actually died in the nursing homes, which we know mm. are uh, a vast amount of the amount of deaths there. Right, sure. I just oh, wondered what your thoughts were on that. I I don't have any thoughts on that. I I don't know. I I'm just kind of out of speculating and passing judgment uh, on a on an area where we're all shooting in the dark for the first time. Um, hmm. I, I don't know. I I would say this that I hear a lot of hey if you're not wearing a mask you're putting people in danger and I'm hearing this a lot on the news. Uh, even here out in Los Angeles, and yet 
we're, the very the people that actually should be looked at the most should be regulated the most when they're regulating all of us to make sure we stay inside of the house the people that we know are the most vulnerable we did nothing about in fact um you know we we have it's almost as if as somebody wrote a book called the throwaway uh population and um it seems like those people were left behind in this. And we do have the numbers and we do have the statistics. We're not actually shooting in the dark here. And I think we've got a problem here with how we treat our elderly. And, you know, our show is called Over 50 Starting Over. It ain't going to be long until we're that age, you know. <laughs> no, so it's totally something to look at here. I think I that's know. something to, to be concerned about. I totally understand. And after decades of hearing about elderly abuse in nursing homes and stuff, we, you know, I think we're a little more sensitive to that. Whereas it used to, yeah, we used to not know about it or think about it. Right, right. So I understand what you're saying. But at the same time, at the very beginning, from the from the very beginning, they told us, more of the elderly are going to die than anyone else. Everybody else that gets it will recover. So what do you expect? No, no, no. What I expect is that they would actually uh, put a focus on those nursing homes and not actually admit COVID-19 patients into the nursing homes, knowing that this is the most vulnerable population. It seems like, you're. look, if they're going to make me stay home and stay home from work, and I'm perfectly healthy, and wear a mask when I go outside, and then admit COVID-19 patients into a into nursing homes when there's perfectly good hospital beds where they can actually quarantine those people inside of a hospital. It seems like something's really upside down here. Yeah, I agree. It's when you put it that way, it sounds like there's some mishandling there that could have been Big time. a lot better. Uh, any other gripes that you got about COVID right now? Yeah, I'm tired of it. <laughs> the look on your face when you said Well, I am too, and I think that we should just start uh, trying to open this up a little bit more, and let's get a little bit more back to normal, see how it goes. Like we said, we got Georgia is a one-month uh, test subject already. And it sounds yeah. like, what did I say Georgia was at in those? I, I did, think, I, did you say? I don't think you did. Uh, here it is. 1,800 deaths. Uh, Dude, they've been op- wide open for a month, right? Yeah. Oh. Yes, they have. Uh, oh. Yes, for over a little over a month now. What, what would you what have are guessed? we talking about here? Maybe 4,500, maybe we should have May, guessed. Maybe, but yeah. I mean, think about, think about that. Atlanta, I mean, when, Georgia. When they opened that place up, did you hear all the talk about, well, the governor has just opened up a state of death in in Georgia, and you're going to see this spike go crazy Mm. and everything. I think that, I mean, look, it's not like Atlanta is all rural. Like you just said, we're looking at Atlanta as a big city. Yeah, it is. And uh, wow. Well, you know what? That gives me a lot of hope. But at the same time, I'm kind of jealous, Barry. I mean, being out here in, in California... It's like they're just dragging their feet to get this place opened up. I mean, okay, it's great that I can go to the beach. I love that. But, I mean, ease up on this stuff. We already Mm. have some good, you know, case studies of what's going on. I agree with you. I don't want to see it go back to a a big spike or anything. But I think 
I just nah, feel like there's a lot of right stats here. I've been hearing this week about suicides gone up, strokes, all yeah. kinds of different things. Yeah. So yeah. You get, you're killing us. I want to go other. to the gym. I mean, I want I a fighting you, chance. I want to go back to the gym. I, I yeah. want to just get back to normal I, or I want to, you know, like over Memorial Day weekend, it's like, yay, we got up. What do we do? Okay, we've been, I don't want to go to the beach because 9 billion people are down there because <laughs> it's the only place you can go. Right. We can't go to any restaurants. We can't. It's like you can't. You can't do anything. So you end up staying home. And um, you didn't uh, stay home. You went over your brothers just like I did. Well, that was. I said the the weekend. I wasn't there the whole weekend. Oh, (laughs) they would have kicked me out. What are you, you guys are going to bed uh, uh, already popcorn <laughs> hey, anyway hey how was it how was your time uh memorial day weekend? oh it was fantastic we uh we haven't seen that many people but to tell you the truth we did back-to-back days we uh wow. went out to your old stomping grounds on what? saturday where hudson you were in hudson yes oh my and gosh we got some friends out there beautiful yeah. family and uh uh a very, very nice couple with two daughters that we haven't seen in about seven or eight years. Remember the last time we saw them, they played a concert for us in the basement. The one played the drums, the one played the guitar and sang. Wow. And they were pretty good and they were in junior high. Okay. Wow. So now, now they're uh, both, uh, I think 20. They're both doing internships, one in Alabama by the Florida Panhandle. So right oh, there, yeah. that part, I hear it's yeah, beautiful, beautiful there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, the other in Kent, though they both go to the University of Michigan, as, and they're they're so cool. Like I haven't seen them in seven or eight years, and now we're talking to them like adults. You know, uh, it's just know. so fun. We had a great time. We had a great time. Now, did they did they do any uh, musical stuff for you? No, no, no they they kind of uh, got a, both of them got away from that. It's but you know what was do. really fun yeah. is. So we were all talking and two people end out outside on the patio talking and, you know, three people here. And all of a sudden I was like, Oh, what are those girls? When I look outside, they're throwing a football back and forth, like perfect tight spirals and everything. And nice. I'm like, I got to go out there. Uh, and and I went out there. Yes, yes. Yeah. So I went out there and threw with them for a while. And I told them, I said, Hey, I warn you, by the time you're 30, you won't be able to find anybody to, I, I'm a huge Frisbee player. I still I am. We, you and I have talked about that. And by the time you hit 30, you can't find anybody. No one to wants play to with. play Frisbee anymore. Dude, nobody yeah. wants to play anymore. No. What, it's, what's wrong? That's exactly. wrong. Exactly. I want to throw the football. No, yes. like you said, nobody wants to throw the ball with me. Yeah. Yeah. No, for I, sure. I'm, it's I'm concerned if I start throwing, though, it's going to be like the next day. Oh, my shoulder. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'll tell you, I was fine. Uh, I think you'd <laughs> be fine. Yeah, no, nobody was trying to take anyone out or anything, uh, but it was fun to be out there and uh, getting some exercise. And That's cool. How nice. So obviously all... you had nice weather. Yeah, we did. And maybe we yeah. should all think about that a bit. I, I had given thought to coming back here and putting a, a post on Nextdoor, the app. We, yeah. we end up talking about that a lot. Have you realized that? It's kind that of app. a big deal. I guess you're right. I thought about putting a post on there to say, uh, you know, introduce myself. I think a lot of people know who I am, though. Um, and uh, just say, I'm going to be out here at this park to play Frisbee. Anybody wants to show up on this day at this time. 
Right, right. Just thinking about doing that. Hey, you know what else? How about a touch football game? I, I mean, you know what? Maybe We're not, not too right old now. for that. Not well, right. Yeah, now. yeah. <laughs> what am I saying? <laughs> so COVID flares fact. up in Cleveland Heights <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> really? I, I still don't think it would, but I, I think. Uh, people out here are pretty uh, volatile i think i'd have to say that i'm bringing like uh, two tubs of hand sanitizer you know? <laughs> so, right right yeah now nah, i think it'd be fun yeah I, i'll guarantee you if i posted that a lot of people would be like how cool how fun and by the time you got to the 14th post it'd be like how could you do that you're gonna spread the disease oh you yeah it, and it would be a big issue it's gonna be on the frisbee and, yes it's gonna yeah. be on the frisbee and everybody's gonna get infected and and because the frisbee uh, flies around with this certificate uh, force it's gonna be just all of those yeah, germs are going to be spew flying. Out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's the new thing, spew. Yeah. Oh, is that right? Yeah, nice. yeah. Oh, don't get your spew. Now if we breathe, we're spewing out disease everywhere. Oh. It so, sounds so disgusting, you know? It's like, you breather. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't yeah. help it. Yeah. Oh, it is unbelievable. We uh, never really touched on an 050 segment here yet uh and so where we talk business careers and how we can improve on things and i wanted to ask you how things are going you're starting into a, a consulting gig which is very new for you oh yeah what's going yeah. on oh well you know i'm just getting started on this whole thing so you know learning uh about the products that that i'm going to be uh you know representing and all and uh it's kind of interesting taking a look at this whole thing and it's also kind of scary at the same time because sure, i've never gone out and done anything independently where i'm not getting a, a paycheck and it's all about you know what you do or what you sell is how you get paid and of course you're responsible for your health care and everything like that yeah. so i'm i'm doing a, a lot of uh investigating in those areas and learning a lot, uh, learning about, you know, opening up an LLC and mm -hmm. what could, and, and also taking a look at things that are potentially tax deductible. I was talking to uh, mm. a friend of mine recently and he was saying, Hey, you know, your health insurance can be tax deductible under a, an oh, LLC. And I thought, oh, yeah. huh, okay, that's interesting. But, your but really, I got to tell you, um, some of this has caused me to have uh, uncomfortable nights, you know, sleeping and having really weird dreams. And, you know, it's not, it's not a comfortable place. But I, I did talk to a friend of mine, a couple of friends of mine that have made that transition. And oh. one of the positive things that I get out of this is the amount of freedom that they find yes. that they have compared yes. to working for corporate and oh, yes. um, once they started to have success in these areas they never wanted to go back that's and usually so the case it's it's uh it's pretty interesting i mean i mean barry you've been on your own ever since uh shortly after college i know you were 27, working for, I for a uh a firm a small firm. right afterwards but then you went out on your own pretty quickly and you've done this your whole life and you've done well I've done pretty well. I've had the, all the ups and downs that come along with it, though. I've had scary times. I've had great times. I've had the rug pulled out from underneath of me many times. And everybody will that will uh, venture out into this. But I'll tell you what, when I, I remember, Merle, back then, that I always thought I would end up on my own. But I had a dream one night that I did it. 
And then I, and in my dream, I went, wow, that wasn't as scary as I thought it'd be. That was easy. And I pretty wow. much, uh, my boss at the time got on my nerves one day and I said, this is my two week notice. And it was right. Like, like that day that I had that dream, you know, the day after something like wow. that. And, uh, yeah, it just is not that hard. If go ahead and ride the fear for a while, like what I did is because I was fearful about making bad habits and getting started. I got up the same way I did for the previous five years at this small firm, this agency. And I would take a shower. I would get dressed into my work clothes. And my, I was in a two bedroom apartment at that time. My one apartment was my office and it was only my office. So I wanted to make sure it felt like work to me that yeah. I was used to the structure that I was used to. And over time, I slowly realized like, I didn't need that. I didn't need to take the shower first thing in the morning and put on work clothes. I was okay with, I just want to get into this thing. And, you know, I started in a way freelancing my own life. And, and I, what I discovered was I wasn't going to go in the other room and watch daytime TV. It, yeah. it just didn't appeal to me. So uh, I could, after I got on the internet and stuff, I started in 95 on my own. I did my first website in 96, but the web was AOL uh, for the most part you at that time. Mail. Yeah, you got mail. And uh, so it wasn't as distracting as it is now because I do a lot of social media work and stuff. And man, you get on there and with the best of intentions and I, I manage a lot of different pages and you get caught up in whatever catches your eye you know and you're like right what did they say uh so i've had to i've had to learn how to curb that stuff or to put that at a certain part at maybe midday after i finish up a big project i like to play a game online called uh, uh online pool billiards and mini clip and then i look at my pages uh, that I like to look at every day, whether it's news or entertainment or whatever, while I do that. And that's when I reset my brain. I take my break and reset that way. You got to come up with your own habits. And, yeah, I think that's important. It is. And find out where your pitfalls are. Uh, because we're all going to have different ones, you know? You know, uh, uh, I work with somebody that, um, and she she's uh, independent. And, uh, you know, in the middle of the day, she gets up and she takes her walk. And I, I think that's really a healthy thing for yeah for anybody to think about because, you know, she's, she's walking, but she's still thinking about what's got to be done. And, you know, yeah. it, it's interesting how much you can get done in your brain while you're walking too. It's such a healthy thing to do. It really is. And I used to do my best thinking walking my dogs. Yeah, me so, too. I love for that. sure. I mean, it, you're in a good place. Uh, your body is occupied. So then your mind can just wind. You know, what's really hard is meditating. When you have to keep your body still and you got to try to clear your head and all that stuff. I, because on the other hand, I, I've mentioned before, I've done most of my meditating, almost most of it, uh, on a treadmill. Or yeah, something. I was about to say, you don't necessarily have to stay still when you're meditating. I have right? a hard time staying still anyway. Yeah, me I've too. I've always been that way. Uh, so, 
yeah, it works for me. That's, that's why walking is so good and you're outside in nature. That's another great thing. Absolutely. So I strongly encourage that. I used to go to the gym at midday. For years, I used to do that yeah, yeah. Uh, to reset my head and everything. But the problem I would find is midday would become two in the afternoon, then three in the afternoon, and then it would ruin my afternoon. Right. Of trying to get back to work and back into it. Yeah. So I am back to what I used to do for most of my life. And that's working out first thing in the morning. And that's what's best for me because my head gets clear and I'm ready to go. I see. Now I wanted to ask you, so in your career, independent, um, when, what was your turning point? You said, ride that fear. You know, you, you gave some really good advice there. Um, ride that fear. What do you think was your turning point? What caused that to kind of go away and made you think, man, I could do this? Uh, I, there was not one particular instance, but I did, I, I have to say that when I went out on my own, that I, I rode the fear and I did the, I know the stats, they're still pretty much the same today, I'm sure, but th these are like three decades old. That is, you got to make 50 cold calls to get three responses to make one sale. Mm -hmm. And with voicemail today, that's, I know one trick is uh, that will help your return, uh, your return there. And that is to follow up with an email. If you get somebody's voicemail, tell them, hey, I, you know, I got this that I wanted to talk to you about, and I'm going to send you something via email. And that's going to uh, get your rate of return on uh, contact there a lot higher uh, than if not. But to your point, is yeah, so I did that big time at the beginning, and then once I got a few steady clients under my belt, right? Uh, yeah, then I probably started getting a lot more laxed when I didn't feel like I had to be beating the pavement all day, every day. And then you fall into the trap of you got all your eggs in one basket, and somebody pulls the basket. You know, oh, you that's gotta, the worst. You got to watch I mean, I've been that. a salesperson all my life, and it's, it's so easy to get comfortable when you, yeah. uh, I got this big dinosaur coming in here, and this is going to mm -hmm. work out for the rest of my life. And mm -hmm. then, and, and you really think you got it wrapped up. Yeah, that is a big pitfall right there. You know, Barry, yeah. you mentioned earlier, though, that um, you were inspired by a dream that you had. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that interesting that a dream could inspire you to do that. Do you remember what the dream was? No, no, it was uh, just really simple as I see. it, it you, wasn't you weird. You can't tell me, can you? <laughs> no, it was, it was very simple <laughs> as if it was very realistic. What I mean, most yeah. of my dreams are like some, uh, high special effects, technicolor kind of extravaganzas, but right. This was just like, I just was out on my own. I just decided I was going out on my own. And I, I, felt, I just, I remember the feeling of being like, wow, this wasn't very hard at all. And, uh, and I woke up with that feeling. It changes your life, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, that is awesome. What an mm -hmm. awesome, yes. And dreams are what drives pretty much progress. I, mm -hmm. I, I just found that really interesting that you said that. Dreams are crazy things and we're going to, at one point have to really unpack those because where do dreams come from? You can come up with uh, scenery uh, in a dream and my dreams are vivid and I often remember them in a lot of detail. And you could come up with all this crazy scenery, like where's that coming from? Mm 
You could say you're deep yeah. subconscious, but you could come up with unique ideas. I, I mean, I see UFOs in my dreams a lot. That, okay, Do now you? I wish I didn't say that. Now I'm on the weird list. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, it's like, where is all that coming? Is it just from, you know, something I saw on TV? Maybe, maybe. But there's a, a lot of deeper ideas that come out of dreams that you got to wonder, what are you tapping into? You ever wake up with, with a radio song in your head? And yes. Yeah, that's another thing. I think dreams, I think we're, our subconscious is so susceptible to things when we're that deep down that we pick up, I think we could pick up on radio waves now and then, you know? Interesting. Sure. Yeah, that's Everybody knows of waking up to a song and maybe then you turn on the radio and you even hear it. Uh, yeah. I ah, think, that's yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's now, now do you ever have uh, recurring dreams or maybe uh, when I was a kid, I used to, you did. I had a couple of them. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And you, I have not necessarily a recurring dream, but I, there's a recurring place in my dreams that I, I frequent and mm. um, it's, there's a, there's a river there. There's a trail along the river. There's a, it's all in the woods and everything. And it, it, it leads to, uh, different places in my dream. There's a big cave there, um, but it, it's it's always different dreams. There's always different things that are happening there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of reminds me of Towpath Trail, you know, down through yeah. uh, like on the way to the Winking Lizard and everything. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of that area, and um, a lot of times I'll find myself going down that trail, and then I'll end up someplace else. Uh, a lot of times I'll end up in in Kent. Um, so that's, uh, but they're all different dreams. It's just the, the location is similar. Mm. Mm. Oh, that's very interesting. I had this uh, recurring dream when I was a kid and I hope I can describe it well. Uh, it stuck with me so much that I started writing a book about it and I never finished it. So I, I grew up in a neighborhood, as you know, it was very much like the stand by me movie. Had a few friends. It was on a dead end street it dead ended at the railroad tracks on the other side of the railroad tracks was a forest and then some sand pits and stuff like that and then on the other side of the street lengthwise on the opposite side of the street from my house was what we called the gully and it was a deep ravine of a swamp like like a florida everglades kind of thing going all the way along the stretch of this quarter mile road that i lived on and when we were kids, we'd go across the street to uh, Mrs. Corman, the old lady that lived there, widow uh, that lived there at that time, um, who seemed timeless, you know, like she just seemed immortal. Uh, and we would go to the back of her house where the, the side of the hill was, and we'd go sled riding mm-hmm. there because uh, mm-hmm. it would lead down in the ravine. And if we cleared it out, we could then go across the ice for a really long time when we hit the bottom. It'd be iced wow. over and we could wow. just go flying across that ice forever. Boy, that so sounds was, like fun. It was fun. And then we also used to walk across the ice through these, the swamp, the, the gully, uh, yeah. all the time. Always falling in, you know, all of that. Your Walking sh- home all wet. with your boots <laughs> yeah. full of water. Yeah. Oh, all the time. Frozen well, swamp water. I had this dream uh, about three times that we're, we're on the side of that hill, the sled riding hill, and we found where it was more covered in brush, we kind of pulled the brush back and found this old iron door. 
like mm. what the hell and we were always breaking into anything we could uh yeah that's we what were we very mischievous yeah yeah and uh so now our curiosity is like this big old iron door and we found like a big stick and it was hard as hell to get this thing open we had to keep clawing off all of this moss and, and brush and we finally got this big iron door to creak open just enough to go in and it's like this giant cavern with a big uh old sailing ship in it and then all of a sudden all these ghouly kind of things come running out wow and and we take off and uh and here's kind of the end is we're running back towards my house. There's Tony and Steve, my main friends back then. And I get to my house through the front door and I slam the door like I made it because all those ghoulies were right behind us chasing us. And then I look out and there's Steve running at the door. Open up, open up. And he's got him right on his ass. And that's when I wake up. <laughs> it sounds like Steve went down. <laughs> I, I think he did. I got out of there. I got out. Of, I pulled out just in time. Um, that's a good one. Yeah, I man. can see so writing wrote, a book about that. That could I, be a movie. It could. I, I had a, I embellished on it quite a bit. Maybe I'll talk about that more. I need to dust it off and take a look at it. Um, man, we're all over the place on this. Did you tell me about your recurring? Well, you told me about the, it was that spot, the same old spot. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I wanted to mention as you were talking about how to get started with your business and the LLC, I just wanted to let you know, there's a couple of tools online that are pretty good. AARP, Hey, by the way, do people call that ARP or do they say AARP? No, they say, I've never heard anybody call it ARP. Okay, okay. Uh, so they have starter tools by Damon Johns. He's the, one of the dudes from um, Shark Tank. And uh, he's got a really nice presentation to him. He's very well spoken. So he's easy to listen to. He's got some video training materials on uh, the AARP site to get you started. It talks about mostly your personal brand, how to figure out your uh, elevator speech, real uh, preliminary stuff, but very important if you don't even know what I'm talking about right there. And I got the link and I'll put it in the show notes too. Um, and then there's an article at AARP on just what you were talking about, about LLC versus an S corp, uh, how to, you know, which way to go, uh, sole proprietor. And it's the smart way to start a small business choosing the right structure can make a big difference. And again, I will put the, uh, put that in the show notes. So it's a re really good place to start. Uh, myself, I help people get themselves established online all the time. Right now I'm helping uh, another guy get, I think I mentioned it before, he's developing his lean consultation service and I'm helping him develop his, his online brand and the first thing that we got to iron out, I stressed with him, talked to him a lot about it, is to figure out our value propositions. You know, most people will just go to someone else's website and steal all the, this is what lean is, material. Right, right. Okay, number one, when you steal material, the, the plagiarism thing, okay, Google has a zillion algorithms for this, most notably penalties. And so you're going to shoot yourself in the foot by stealing material uh, off the web. You need to... Find your own, uh, your own proprietary method of doing <clears throat> things. And you're going to do yourself a favor by figuring this out, starting to write it down. 
when you start to get shape that, then you come up with your value propositions. And I talk about this a lot. I have forms that I guide my clients through. And I did this with Steve, my client and friend there. And we figure out the value propositions. And that is, how do you differentiate yourself from the competition? What do you uniquely bring in experience or personality or life experiences that is almost impossible for your competition to uh, replicate? So right. it's what you uniquely bring. And it could be your proprietary methods. When you start figuring this stuff out, you know what it's also going to make you do is when you start figuring out, oh, this is what I'm really an expert in is this part of lean or this part of selling widgets or whatever. You know that you're going to figure out there's a certain aspect of this, of your career that you like best and figure out what you like least. Concentrate on what you like best figure out your value propositions. And while you're doing this, you're inevitably going to be doing research on Google to even heighten your expertise on that. This is what will make you successful. So it's not being a generic, it's not trying to be everybody, everything to everybody, but it's figuring out your biggest strengths and your value propositions. And uh, then uh, where I'm at with him right now is we're going through, I have another sheet. I have a whole series of uh, interactive PDFs. This is my proprietary process and that I use with my clients and that I will be selling as a DIY kit for people that are like in your position right now that are, you know, forming their own consultation service. So right now we're going to figure out what we want to supply uh, Google with for his identity in uh, priorities. Uh, so his value propositions, his services, uh, his about information and um, you know, all of those things. Right. And uh, that is the best way to get started. Once, once you get uh, past that point, then you're just back to, then you're on to doing what you know how to do. And that is to sell, start beating the payment on LinkedIn, uh, find your most valuable connections, put the feelers out, get reconnected with everybody and start to bring in some business. Very nice. Very nice. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if you have anything to add to that or if we want to just segue into another segment. I think uh, we can do a little segue here at oh, this point. Perfect. Um, we, uh, there's a lot going on in the news right now that, yes, uh, that we've seen over the last week. And we, uh, I, I wanted to get your opinion on a couple of things. And uh, the topic is uh, Joe Biden. And uh, he is, uh, he's, I got to say, the guy never fails to entertain. Oh. I'm, I'm, I, when I see him, I'm like, what's he going to say next? Because <laughs> oh. he just don't know what's going to come out of the man's mouth. I, I, are you talking about Trump or Biden? Uh, well, you know what? I'm more That's entertained by Biden right now. I think it's a damn uh, clown you know what? show. It, it, it's, you know what? Here's the thing. Politics in general, and you're right, it's, what are we doing? I, I was uh -huh. looking at, in fact, where was I? I was looking through some social media where somebody was saying, you know what? I'm just done with politics. It's just mm -hmm. bringing me down. Uh, here we are in an election season. And, you know, every presidential election season, the last one was just so poisonous. Uh, the, oh, it was. It, it, it didn't was matter. Toxic. It doesn't matter. Republican, Democrat. It's, it's disgusting. It's, yeah. it's really like, what are we? It was all in new. Kindergarten lows. here. Uh, yeah, yeah. Every 
presidential election season especially you it's like you think we can't sink any lower than this right and we do and um <laughs> and and this this is um but i just one of the things that i was just shocked by last week was the whole thing on the breakfast club show with this guy uh joe biden was being inter- interviewed by a guy named charlemagne the god this is a comment about that um who's this guy oh i know i know that guy i guess it's a a, a, some type of a radio show that he has maybe it's a podcast i saw the video of the comment in question but go ahead but charlemagne the god what kind of name is (laughs) i just gotta start there that's prince was taken Queen Latifah, that, that's taken. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, you work your way up. <laughs> King James, yeah, you know, that's already taken. Okay, so uh, you so work your way up. And he's got this show called The Breakfast Club, which I thought, okay, how that sounds harmless, The Breakfast Club. Uh, but you know, I, I I watched part of this, and you know, the guy was wrapping up the show, and he said, "Listen, you got to come see us when you when you come to New York, VP Biden." And he says, it's a long way until November and we've got more questions. And then Biden says, you've got more questions. And he says, well, I tell you what, if you're having a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, you ain't black. And that's caused a whole big thing out there where people are, it, it just seems like, what, here's what's happening. Somebody makes a comment like that and then everybody's at each other's throat. And it's all it is. It doesn't seem like that's what's happening. People are waiting for it. People are looking for it. And then, you know, oh, oh, thank God we found something. And then, okay, let me ask you this, Merle. If that would have happened to, I don't know, let's, I don't, there's only one Biden. It's hard to say, uh, put it on someone else. But let's say it was (laughs) Bill Clinton back when he was running, just because he was a Democrat way back then. Different. Yeah, there you go. Do you, what do you think the reaction would be? I'm, I'm serious about this. Ah, that's a good question. Um, I, I, you know, it's interesting. There wasn't social media. It seemed like the, the black population was, was more accepting of anything that Bill Clinton said. Like, if he said it, he would have said it so cool. He would have been like, you ain't black. And, and then, then he would have picked up like, his saxophone. Oh, so good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In that a joint, sounded really, but not in that hell. Sounded really good. <laughs> no, like, I, I think it would there would have been a different reaction if Bill Clinton had said that. I really I think because it was a different time. Though. Maybe no because it was a, bit a different time. But let's say he said it now. Let's say he was the president now. I I just think that people all around liked Bill Clinton more than they liked Joe Biden. Well, I agree with you, but let's, I want to ask you this. I think that had something to do with it. I think so too. They settled on Joe Biden. You know, they, 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 they did. did. Uh, what do you think he really meant? What, what do you think was the Freudian slip there? It's obvious. It seems to me that black is a negative connotation. Correct. Well, no, I think I think the problem here is is basically that uh, there is an assumption that the Democratic Party owns black people and owns the black vote. I, okay. That's that's what the real problem is. It doesn't matter that he said black or African American. I'd prefer black, by the way. I know, but um, you I think know, it's smarter. I, I, yeah, and I I just feel that you know this assumption that we black people can't think for themselves and that um, they have mm. to vote for the vote for the Democratic Party, because if they don't, they're not really black. And, you know, the hurtful thing about that is that people that, like myself, um, who 
don't think like that. And, you know, I, I don't speak like that either. I don't mm-hmm. speak in abonics. I, I can't even fake speaking in abonics. <laughs> um, and, and then you feel like you have to come down to this level and speak to me in a certain way. You ain't black. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I don't hear Joe Biden speaking like that unless he's speaking to black people, like the thing he said during the 2012 election when he was speaking to a a crowd of black people in Virginia where he said uh, about uh, Romney, uh, they're gonna keep y'all in chains. And um, and then I've heard this whole, uh, I heard early on in um, Joe Biden's thing where he was speaking to a crowd of black people and he suddenly started to recite the words to a Negro, an old Negro spiritual. And um, I thought, well, okay, I don't normally see him speak like that unless he's going to speak uh, to black people. And, you know, I have this, I grew up in an all white neighborhood and I, and I have this sort of a thing where I would, I would be maybe with a group of people and then somebody would be new to the group and they'd say, oh, this is Bill. Hey, Bill, how you doing? This is John. Hey, John, how are you? Hey, Pete, how are you? And then they come to me, yo, man, what's happening? Like that. <laughs> and, <laughs> It just ticks me <laughs> off, man. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. It's condescending. Like, uh, like the only way I can understand you is if you speak yeah. jive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't even understand jive. What are you, what are you talking about? Yeah, like, I'm a, I, I don't understand your people. I've Sorry. seen that so often. And, and okay, so that, does that make it so that I'm not black because I don't speak like that? And I'm telling you, this isn't just a... a a black white thing there's a divide in the black community where Mm. people that are like me are considered not black by black people that actually uh speak or have a different culture than me and they would say to me you ain't black and Mm. so you know i remember uh growing up growing up in an all-white school and thinking okay when i go to college there's going to be other black people there and um you know maybe those will be my people that I'll hang out with. And it wasn't like that. I was completely rejected. They were, I, I was like, Hey guys, what's going on? And they were like, you talk funny. you know. Like, <laughs> so, you know, it's like, I learned at an early age that the best thing to be is just Merle. Yeah. Just be Merle. I'm That's not good. Merle, the black guy. I'm just Merle. But when you start to speak like this as a presidential candidate, what you're doing is you're dividing people. And then you can see like the news media is so complicit in this that they pick that up and then they do their work to really divide people into different tribes, into different camps and this bickering back and forth. And, and then it doesn't surprise me that in, within the week, this whole thing happens in Minneapolis with this guy, George, George Floyd. And it's a terrible thing uh, that's happened where you Horrible. see this... Uh, police officer with his knee on this guy's neck for several minutes and and the man it was painful man it was so painful to watch okay so here's the it sure was and i i mean i can't look we live in a country as we've stated we've talked about this before is you're innocent until you're proven guilty these these guys got fired right away all four of those cops which which i believe was the right thing to do but now you've got actual race riots that are happening you've got black black lives matter going out there 
Uh, you've got uh, things that are happening in um, in Minneapolis where they're looting targets and food clubs and they set the auto zone on fire and they've attempted to open a bank machine. In LA here, we had uh, police off police cars being attacked uh, by Black Lives Matters. They shut the, the 101 down. And I, I just feel like, okay, first off, if you, I think it's great to protest if there's something wrong going on. Sure. We're assuming that it was racism that caused this to happen. And I don't know that that's the case. You know, um, police kill white people all the time too. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't know that that was the case. We're just, but we've assumed that, and now it's become a nationwide thing. And then people are destroying their neighborhoods. What? I, I don't understand what how that helps to tear down somebody's business to make a, a point about this. This is ridiculous. This is you're, you're acting like. You're acting like you're insane. Well, I'll tell you, I, I don't know what to say. I got a lot of things to say about it, but it's a tough one because, you know, these people are um, Black Lives Matter and affiliates are feeling that they don't have another way to be heard. And there's a, a really uh, a lot of frustration there. And I understand it, but those guys, the, the officers, boy, there's two opposing things I want to say here. Officers should have, uh, and maybe they have been, but I know they were fired right away, as they, they should have been. They right. should be arrested right away. And um, I, I agree with that, too. They need to stay in trial, fair, fair trial, and uh, let that chips fall where they may. And, uh, that was, oh, that was ugly. That was really ugly. I don't know what kind of culture they got going on over there that, had allowed this kind of thing to happen, but it has to be looked into. Yeah, I agree. And the Here's FBI the is side. looking into it right oh, now. I an, bet you. The FBI is doing an, an investigation. Unfortunately, the FBI has been so tarnished over the last three uh, and a half years that who knows what's going to happen, but go ahead. Uh, yeah, because here's the other thing, and this I don't want to sound insensitive, but remember uh, the jogger guy, that got killed yeah, by those down two in, Hicks. A, in, in uh, Georgia. And, yes. and same kind of thing. The media crops this story in in such a way to make it as inflammatory as possible. Yes. Then we start getting more pieces to the puzzle as the week or two goes on. And now it's, it's kind of like the Trayvon Martin thing, too. Is that the kid in Florida? Yes. Okay. Um, the same thing there. They, they point a very narrow, they crop it out in a very narrow scope to get it as inflamed as possible. And then you start getting more pieces of the puzzle. Here, I'm just waiting, you know, what's, what's more pieces of the puzzle? Right now, this guy looks super innocent, okay? Right. And uh, we don't know the circuit. It's nonviolent, as far as I know, in which case this is really, like, very upsetting. Very, You're making very, a great point, Barry. This is why I said at the beginning, it, 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 you should, the whole country is founded on innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. And, the, and the fact is, is that you, you can't make a, a judgment without having all of the facts. And mm. that's why we have a court of law to be able to pull out all of the facts. And you're making such a great point because we found out more information about what was happening with Trayvon. He wasn't just some innocent kid that was out there uh, just walking innocently down the street. That's not exactly what was going on. And it's just like, I don't know if you saw this video that went viral this week where there was a uh, black guy in the in Central Park and uh, he was telling this woman, hey, you need to have your dog on a leash. Did you see this? 
No. Oh, this is crazy. And so, uh, so he ends up starting to film this, this right away because the woman is, she, she doesn't like the fact that he says this and he, she starts saying that, Oh, you're threatening me. Now she, she's white and he's black and she's got this dog. And so she, she grabs the dog. The video shows where she's grabbed the dog by the collar. It's almost like she's strangling this dog mm. and she approaches him and she's pointing at his, at his camera and she's saying, stop recording and you're threatening me and you're threatening me and my dog and I'm going to call the police. And he's very calm and he's like, well, go ahead and call the police. I'm mm. just telling you, you need to have your dog on a leash. And so she calls the police right there. And when the police, she calls 911 and then she changes her whole demeanor and she's like, this African-American is threatening me oh, and my dog. Oh. So, so what ends up happening is um, within the week that goes viral, she and she happens to work for uh, Franklin Templeton. They announced that she's fired now. And uh, and then some more information comes out about what happened before he started filming. And apparently what happened was he says to her, you know, hey, you need to keep your dog on a leash. She says, well, I, I, my dog uh, needs exercise and this is the only place. He recommends a place for her to go. And she says she's not going to do it. And he says, OK, you're going to do whatever you want. I'm going to do whatever I want. And you're not going to like it. He pulls a dog biscuit out of his pocket and he goes, come here, boy, come here. And uh, she goes, he's not going to come to you. And he goes, we'll see about that. Then he starts filming. Now, I'm just saying that doesn't justify what she did. But you got to no. say, that's kind of creepy right there. That's kind of creepy, but clever. Kind of, kind of clever. Well, I mean, wait a second. <laughs> Who knows what, if, if I had a dog and somebody started doing that, maybe I'm in the wrong. But I don't know if you're going to give my dog cyanide or whatever, you know, and the way that he said it and everything. Oh, I was really protective over my dog. Like, you're not going to mess with my dog. I will mess you up. Yeah, but um, you had your dog on a leash, right? Yeah, true. Dude, but this is a problem. People with I'm dogs saying, unleashed is a problem. It is a problem. But at the same time, um, it, it, she got fired from Franklin Templeton. Is, mm. is that right? I, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know. Like I don't feel for out there. I don't feel uh, that it. that's a whole different thing feeling for somebody mm-hmm. but getting fired for something you did outside of work and who knows what her day was like you know who knows we, we've all been in a bad place we've all regretted our behavior at some point in time so, so yeah it's probably not the place for your workplace to pass judgment on you uh, in this kind of a thing it's odd i'm, I'm just it's saying odd. there's a lot of things that are happening regarding race it's like our culture is so filled now yeah. with this racist thing back to the whole thing in minneapolis uh i just read this little piece here despite the protests minneapolis mayor jacob frey is among the people who have called for charges to be brought in the case that makes sense but then he says this if most people particularly people of color had done what a police officer did late Monday, they'd already be behind bars. That's why today I'm calling on the county uh, attorney to charge the arresting officer in this case. And I'm just saying, doesn't it throw gasoline? He could have said that without adding particularly people of color. Mm -hmm. It seems to me that it doesn't matter what color you are. This person, these people should have been put, behind bars they should have been arrested right away and when you say when you pull out already you've got a tinderbox happening over here not just in minneapolis but 
throughout the country, mm -hmm. you add in particularly people of color and suddenly the place blows up and now you've got uh, the auto zone on fire, you've yeah. got looting happening mm -hmm. and it's not just happening in Minneapolis, now it's happening nationwide. Yeah. And is this just calling attention to your own self-righteousness as a mayor? I don't know the answer to that. I'm just saying I'm kind of tired of all this racist stuff that's happening. And it's more race baiting because it, it is. I live in a day where as far as racism goes, I don't think we really have a big problem out there. Sure, there's racists that are out there, mm -hmm. but as far as this whole idea that there's systemic racism that's happening mm -hmm. everywhere you look, I don't buy it. No, man. I, all the indicators point to the chart going up, that we are been well on our way to improving race relations. And uh, oh boy, we're going to start on a conversation that's going to get us banned off social media because we keep going. <laughs> I've, been getting, I've been getting censored left and right. Dude, I put a three-minute video, a promo video of us on Facebook as, a, as an ad uh, a few days ago. And it was when we were talking about last week about TV shows from the 70s and stuff and how we used to walk to school and talk about it. And yeah, we were not racist. We watched Roots. And then you're like, I want to get back to Roots. What, what was that? You know, and they uh, Facebook would not publish it and said that it could be inflammatory and affect a presidential race or election. Um, based on culture, politics, and something else. I thought I was pretty goddamn careful about, sorry about that, uh, about where, what I was picking. I'm telling wow. you, the censorship, and I almost hate to say this now, because Trump just came out with his stupid replies about Twitter, uh, but censoring, uh, fact-checking him. Gee, somebody should fact-check him, but... No, the censorship on social media. And it's one way, man. It's one way. I got, yeah. I got my answer deleted again on Quora just a couple hours ago when uh, I pulled this up. I'm going to take a look at this. What did this guy say? Okay, so the question was, is the U.S. its own worst enemy in parentheses, economically, racially, politically, historically, technologically? And this, this guy replied, the worst enemy of the U.S. is its unrealistic view of itself as the perfect society which cannot be improved improve upon uh, and with nothing at all is wrong. He doesn't write very well. <clears throat> the Christian extremist, anti-abortion, gun-carrying, ranting rednecks to whom the words liberal, pinko, socialist, lefty, atheist are the worst insults they can imagine are the enemy within. And the education system, which... And and God, I can't say this word, inculcates, inculcates these unrealistic ideas into their inadequate little heads. Okay, so I replied with something about how his, uh, his insults about rednecks and the educational system that inculcates unrealistic ideas into their inadequate little heads, he flagged me and I got deleted. Uh. So... See, that's actually racism right there. It's my point. And it's, and it's, it's one-sided all the way around, along. Right. And as always, I appeal to it. Uh, you have that. I've never won an appeal. And I just always, like now I just say, you're ridiculous. And in this last one, I pointed out what he said. I said, in my answer, I pointed out his insults of rednecks and 
uneducated little heads or what he said. And, uh, and I said, this does not follow your BNBR policy. They always say a BNBR, be nice, be respectful. Mm -hmm. I agree. Well, okay. Dude. Oh, so then for the first time, so I appealed that I will not win that appeal, even though I was in the right. It clearly I was in the right. He was in the wrong. Um, and then for the first time ever, I flagged his answer and I reported that as a violation of the BNBR policy. And, you know, dude, they know who I am. They are not going to that, that comment, his comment will be there tomorrow. Yeah, so, you're right. You're and right. Facebook, it is censorship all across the board. It really they got is. an agenda, man. It is far left. And, and here's the damn shame is I am a classical liberal. I am dead in the middle and I've never moved, but I'll be damned if they, you know, I don't look far right uh, to everybody that's in this so-called woke uh, yeah, category. Which is so stupid. Woke. Stupid. Um, look, you know, it's interesting. I, what you're saying is uh, very interesting. First off, let me just respond. We're the bad boys now. I love it. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, but besides all of that, I was watching a clip of the five today and I was, they were talking about the stuff that Trump had put on Twitter at Donna uh, Rice, is it? Or Donna, the, the, she's the Democrat uh, strategist. Uh, she's on, she was on the that sounds five. Right. Anyway, she was, um, she was on there and she was Wait saying, a minute. You don't mean Donna Brazil. That Donna is, Brazil. Yes. Who helped uh, fix the democratic. Yeah. Yeah. Election. Why do they even have Why do, Oh, they discredit. Uh, like, how do these people have any credibility? But here's oh. what she was saying. She was saying that Donald Trump's tweets should be deleted because nobody has a first amendment right to lie. And so those should be deleted. And uh, I saw that Greg Gutfeld's laughing. He and goes, he, yeah. that is the First Amendment. <laughs> and, and, and he says there would be no politics anymore if, right. if, they, if they enforced that. But, but right. he's, he was right and she was wrong. Yes. And um, that, that is protected speech. I mean, the, if the KKK wanted to come and give a speech down here at the park, mm -hmm. they have First Amendment right to right. come and do that. I don't like it. But that also right. gives me First Amendment right to say what's on my mind as well, like I'm right. doing right now, like you were doing on Facebook, like mm -hmm. we're doing on the show. Um, just to pile on on that, Kamala Harris introduced a resolution last week into the House condemning Chinese virus or Wuhan virus, virus as racist. And that of course people she should actually be prosecuted for saying anything like that so to your point this whole thing uh as far as uh you know we we're talking about race uh and th there is this whole thing to shut down free speech that's mm -hmm. happening right now mm -hmm. and uh we've gone a little mad as yes, far as this is lot. going and we're taking away the the very foundation of what actually makes America great. Isn't that the, the first amendment? Yeah. No, the first that amendment the is under complete attack right now. We talked about that uh, press conference last week where the, uh, the, the people in the press 
we're actually going against, um, well, they're always going against the, uh, the press secretary, no matter who the president is. Mm-hmm. And, um, but in this particular case, these people were talking about opening up churches across the United States, which is also protected under the First Amendment. Yet, they were sitting there in that same room and they were wearing masks. They were socially distanced. Let's social- explain that, that, that video. No one knows what you're talking about. And that's when she uh, fielded questions left and right over and over about uh, churches being, not being, oh, that Trump was going to, said he was going to force governors to open churches. That's the video, right? Yes. Okay. And, and it was over and over. They were up in arms because Trump said something stupid again, which was very stupid, that he would force governors to open the churches. And she soft-shooted into He's just strongly advising that people are able to exercise their First Amendment rights to pray to their gods, right? I mean, that's what she said over and over again. She did say that over and over again, yes. So so the reporters were all up in arms about that. And then she kind of ended it. She segued that into uh, that's what you were starting to explain. Yeah, but I was sticking with the church part of the whole thing because under the First Amendment, even though Trump may have said it in a brash way, which he says everything in a brash way, I'll admit that, um, the federal government actually does have power over the states regarding the First Amendment in being able to enforce that. So what they were saying is under what guidelines can he make that statement the statement is actually protected under the First Amendment. And so um, that, that was the case. She wasn't soft-shoeing it. She was actually saying the First Amendment is actually the same amendment that gives you the right to come into this room and question me. And, that, and so they had the right to do that in a setting that looks almost identical to a church setting. They did, weren't complaining about that, Yet for the everyday citizen who wants to go to church, they must not be responsible enough to be able to social distance and wear masks at church. You see, this is where I have a problem is it's good enough for us, but it's not good enough for you, the everyday citizen. They and just I, wanted and I get to get that all the time. Well, of course they did, but there's an, underlying, there's an underlying a uh, foundational principle in the United States that applies here. And I think it's irresponsible to use your anger towards Trump to attack our First Amendment freedoms. And that's what I was seeing happening there. No, you're absolutely right. But there's such a uh, fanatical hatred of Trump that there is. they're blinded. You know, they're blinded by <laughs> yeah. First Amendment rights, Second Amendment, any rights. Um, Well, as they were practicing their First Amendment rights in that very room, they were attacking the the population and generals to exercise First Amendment rights. And that seems to be the hypocrisy that's going around and around and around over and over. And that's the thing that makes me, you know, that disturbs me. We're letting that happen. I totally agree. All right. Uh, we're probably guessing at about an hour and five or 10. Want to wrap this we up? We are. Yeah, I think so. Hey, good show today again, Barry. Really enjoyed Your it. Your parting words. Um, yeah, I, that didn't segue smoothly. I've found lately that I find that I do not 
end the show well on my own. I get a little tongue-tied. But I found when I just throw it in your lap and go, Merle, you got any party words? It's seamless. It's like, boom. So okay, well, I think this, that, um, you know, the more we talk about the things that are happening out there, whether it's over 50 starting over uh, subjects or whether we're talking about politics or whether we're talking about dreams, you know, the more we voice these types of things, the more we give people an opportunity to think through these types of subjects very clearly to really cause our world to be better. And I feel good that we're able to impart that to our audience. And I'm hoping that you all out there pass this on to your friends, to your neighbors, to even people that you don't like. Let them have a chance to see it as well. I think there's a lot to digest here. And we're really appreciative that you, uh, that you like us on uh, Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever medium you're looking, especially on uh, on, uh, oh, I wanted to say, Merle, I, I forgot. I want to promote our Facebook page, which we never do. Oh, yeah. I created it at the very beginning of this. It's, it's Facebook, uh, over 50 starting over. And, but we are putting five different, kinds, five different articles of content out there every day now. If you simply go to over50startingover.com, you'll not only be able to catch our latest podcast or our uh, podcast channels, our video, anything that you want right there in front of your face. But you can also just scroll down a tiny bit and see that this our Facebook feed. You can like us from right there. But when you visit Facebook, you're now will be able to partake in our shared content on entrepreneurialism. Uh, geez, uh, so many different things. I put dog gifts in there because we like dogs. Uh, but a whole lot of starting your own business, uh, self-improvement type stuff, really high quality articles we're sharing every day. So please like us there. And comment. We love to hear your comments. Disagree with us. We love that too. Just be Yeah. <laughs> Just disagree with Barry. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks a lot. Merle, see you next week. See you, Barry.